Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Brian Salter, lead pastor at LMPC. Pillar and Ground is a podcast for the LMPC family so that we may deepen in our knowledge of the ground on which we stand and increase our connection with whom we stand together in community and mission. Pillar and Ground features three different types of episodes. Pillar and Ground are confession of faith. Pillar and Ground are connections. Pillar and Ground are questions. This episode is a Pillar and Ground questions episode where we seek to provide biblical perspective and understanding for today's pressing questions. And today we are joined by Pastor Will Nettleton, one of the pastors here at LMPC. Welcome, Will. Thank you. Glad to be here. The question we have before us, and we're going to ask a number of questions within it, is really a basic question for help. And so I mean, these, these initial questions came from a small focus group of people at LMPC, and we'll be opening these questions up where you can submit these uh, for future episodes. But this question is really for help. Help me be a good neighbor. Hmm. Um, Jesus obviously commands that, love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. And so I wanted just to talk and have a conversation about what are some basic ways for people to evaluate whether they are faithful mm. to this command from our Lord. So thoughts on that? Yeah. Well, I, I think immediately when this question comes up, you go to the story of the Good Samaritan, where Jesus mm. is having that conversation with one of the teachers of the law, and he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, how do you read the law? And he gets into what you just said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. And Jesus says, that's right, do this and you'll live. And mm. he then says, trying to catch Jesus, who is my neighbor? Which is kind of the critical question in this whole discussion. When we think about help me love my neighbor, who do, who do we even mean by that? Yeah. Uh, and I think in his context, he was trying to you know delineate between Israel and non-Israelite and all of that. And Jesus gives him an answer that basically turns that whole thing on his head. It's basically everyone you come into contact with is mm. your neighbor. Anyone that you are in proximity to is your neighbor. I think in our context, it's really easy to flip it the other direction and think about everybody as our neighbor, kind of in an abstract way, where we don't think about really anybody as our neighbor. Wow. We kind of aim at everybody, and so we don't hit anybody. And so I really like to go back to this question, to just the basics of your neighbors are the people around you, yeah. people that you, that you interact with on a daily basis. And so as simple as who lives nearby you, the, kind of the classic State Farm definition of yeah. who, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Who are the people who live next door to you? Yeah. Who are the people that live across the street? from you, and do you love them? And when we think about do you love them, I think Jesus's criteria is helpful. Do you love them as you love yourself, hmm. as you take care of yourself, uh, as you care about yourself? Do you care about these people who are in proximity to you? Hmm. Um, so I think that's a, kind of an initial diagnostic question. Do I care for them the way that I'm caring for me and my people yeah. that are close close to me? Um, one of the books that I've read that's been really helpful on this is called The Art of Neighboring. Mm-hmm. This is by uh, Jay Pathak and Dave Runyon, and the subtitle is Building Genuine Relationships Right Outside Your Front Door. And I realize this is an audio medium, so people can't see the cover that I'm about to show you. But <laughs> on the front cover, there's a little tic-tac-toe board of houses, and the center house is what they call your house. And they basically have this exercise, this thought experiment they make you go through where they ask you to think about your house as the central board, central piece of a tic-tac-toe board. Hmm. And then they ask you to think about all the houses around you. So yeah. left and right, across the street, behind you, all that. And then they ask you to do basically three questions. 
do you know the names of the people who live in those houses? Do you know basic information about them? Not information you can get just from seeing them, like they drive a red car, but like from yeah. actual conversations you've had with them. And then do you know something deeper about them? Mm. Do you know their spiritual status? Do you know what they think about Jesus? And that's kind of the, the test they throw out there as a way of starting to love your neighbor. How, if you want to start to love your neighbor, answer those three questions. Do you know their names? Yeah. Do you know anything deeper about them? Do you know where they are with Jesus? Hmm. So I think those would be some places that I would start. How, how do I love my neighbor? Do you know them? Yeah. Do you know who they are? Yeah. Uh, do you know things about them? How would you begin to um, get some answers to some of those questions? Yeah, that's good. We, we've, some people have uh, said that we've moved from a front porch society uh, to a garage society where mm. people raise their garage door and run in their house yeah. and we're no longer available mm. uh, in and around one another. So practically, mm. I'm trying to get to know my neighbor's names. I'm trying to get to know things about my neighbor. Yeah. Um, how do you do that? And it seems, what, what you've said, and, and it sounds great, that that precedes even the spiritual understanding of where they stand. Yeah. So tell me how you do that. Yeah. Um, and... And why that is really important that that would proceed hmm. versus the first knock, are you a Christian? Yeah, yeah, that's really, really good. I think on some level it's a it's a question of just cultural respect at this point. Like do, yeah. do, we, do we respect our neighbors enough to get to know? I mean, we're talking about matters that are deeply important to us, right? Our spiritual mm-hmm. life is the most important thing about us as Christians, Um and so we're trying, we want that to be the most important thing for our neighbor. And so it's just like, we don't just intrude into the most sensitive parts of our neighbor's lives in any other area, right? right? We don't just like kick down the door and start asking about their medical history or yeah. like that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. So I, I think just recognizing the gravity of what we're talking about allows us to, maybe we should know their names before we start jumping into yeah. that. Maybe we ought to know their kids' names. Maybe we ought to um, do some of those uh, kinds of things. So I think it's an issue of respect, uh, in some ways, but we don't want to let that be an excuse to not do it, right? I think that's right. the, the flip side of it is, well, I don't know how I would ever get into that, so I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna do it. No, we want to do it. We we want yeah. to get there. We just want to do it in a way that I think is is mindful. So I think it's a it's a great question. Actually, yeah. intrigued. I would love to know your answer to it. Like, <laughs> where were you, where was your mind going when you well, asked it? Well, no, I think um, I think the hard thing is bringing up the spiritual as you've been, de- developed a relationship. Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to hide then. Well, I know my neighbor. I know their name. I know mm-hmm. about them. And, and I don't want to mess up the relationship yeah. Yeah. by talking about spiritual things. Mm. And I think what you said is there's a way in which that's part of knowing them. Yes. Tim Keller reportedly, when he planted Redeemer in New York, he planted it by walking the streets. And as he got to know people, he would ask them, what do you think about Christianity? Mm. That's a very open question. Mm-hmm. That's not um, a sales pitch. Like, I genuinely am interested in you by name as Mm -hmm. my neighbor and what you think of Christianity. Mm -hmm. And that could be, I'm totally opposed to it. I'm offended Mm -hmm. by it. Because part of knowing me is you're going to eventually, hopefully, get to know me as your neighbor, Mm -hmm. that I have deep thoughts, Mm -hmm. sincere commitments to this. And so just even that question seems to be a way to get to know them and to share your own convictions. So those are... Well, and I think you just put your finger on a really helpful thing. Like, part of the reality is that 
Tim Keller describes a natural curiosity. And yeah. I think that's a, something that we have to cultivate about our neighbors. Do we really care? Are we actually interested to know them and their spiritual status? Or are they like just a notch on our belt for our, like for us to be able to come back and tell people, like, I told somebody about Jesus and they that's right. came to know him. Do we actually care? Are we really curious? Mm-hmm. Francis Schaefer had this thing that he said about if you have only one hour with a person, they ought to be doing the talking for 55 minutes and then you do the talking for five. So yeah. you're asking questions, yeah. getting to know them, figuring out what's going on with them. And I found that as you ask questions, you often find little little off-roads to go deeper. People want to talk about the deep things of life. They want to talk about these issues, but they want to do it with a safe person mm-hmm. uh, and in a person that they trust. And the only way to get that trust is to build it, which yeah. takes time. Uh, it takes relational context. Yeah. And so are we creating environments where we're building that with our neighbors? That's we ha- good. We having them over to our house for dinner. Are kids playing on their kids' sports teams? Are we involved in the neighborhood block parties and activities that are going on so that we can slowly but surely build that relational capital? Yeah, that trust is really uh, important. Um, we've established that Jesus commanded that we love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. So it certainly is an issue of obedience. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, obedience, just why else should we seek to be a good neighbor? Mm. Like, What are the other biblical understandings? Jesus' command is a big mm-hmm. one. That's important. Do yeah. what Jesus says, right? Yeah. But what are the other things that motivate us and help us to think about that? Well, I think in, in part of it just is thinking as Christians about our place in the world, just from the way that the beginning of the Bible talks about the mission that God gives us of being fruitful and multiplying, recognizing the Imago Dei, the image of Godness in one another. Yeah. Um, I think when you start to think about how does that factor out in the rest of life, it unavoidably affects your neighbor. Like it, it means you treat them well, right? Like it means that you that you love them. Uh, in some mm-hmm. ways, Jesus, when he tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, he's kind of saying the the quiet part out loud. It's like that's really this is the sum of the law. Everything else that the law is talking about, all those random things in Leviticus about building fences on tops of our houses so people don't fall off. You know, that kind of stuff is about loving your neighbor. And so I really think all of, yeah, all of the rest of the Bible speaks to this as well about if we recognize they're created in the image of God, Mm -hmm. so they have inherent dignity and worth. If we want to pursue the peace and shalom, you know, of of this place that we've been called to inhabit, it's going to involve serving and loving uh, our neighbor and seeking their welfare. Mm. Mm. along with everybody else's. Yeah, that's really good. It's um, I'm reminded by Bruce Walkey defining righteousness as righteousness is when you disadvantage yourself for the advantage of another. And wickedness is when you advantage yourself to the disadvantage of mm. another. And there are ways in which when we're only thinking about ourselves, it's actually committing wickedness against our neighbor. Mm. Um, and that this is to bring the righteousness of shalom of God to earth. Mm. Um, we've talked a lot about evangelism here today already and love of neighbor, but help us think about how those two things can be connected Mm -hmm. in a healthy way and in a harmful way. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So I think loving our neighbor can serve as a really healthy pretext to evangelism. It's going to create the context Mm -hmm. for healthy evangelistic conversations but I think we have to be wise in how we engage that. I often use the illustration of when we think about evangelism, we're thinking about what types of soil are we planting seeds into. Mm. And 
with many of our neighbors, That's we're good. living in a in a post Christian context at this point. And I'm I'm pulling that language from a podcast called This Cultural Moment. Mark Sayers pulls on the work of um, a sociologist named Philip Reef to mm-hmm. talk about pre Christian, Christian, and post Christian cultures. Mm. Pre Christian culture is just that classic unreached people group on an island somewhere, never heard about Jesus. That soil, how you get that soil ready to plant the seed of the gospel, is different from a Christian soil, mm. what we might think of as America, maybe even 50, 60 years ago. So this the soil of a Christian culture is different than the soil of a, of a post-Christian culture. Mm. So like I actually think evangelism 50 years ago, you really could strike up a conversation with a random stranger and start talking about sin and salvation and... Yeah. Jesus, and they had categories for that. They had the imagination for it. They had the biblical background for it. We, I think, are in a different cultural moment yeah. at this point where we, where they don't have... A, we live in a post-Christian moment where they don't have the context for it. And mm-hmm. so to go back to the soil illustration, we're going to have to do some amendments. Like we're going to have to bring in yes, some fertilizer, so some good. compost, some of that kind of stuff to get them ready to hear that stuff. And that requires relational context. That requires trust, the things we've already talked about. And so loving our neighbors and evangelism, I think, have to go hand in hand. Yeah. If you're going to talk to your neighbor about Jesus, yeah. you got to have the relational trust to be able to do that. That's so good. And, and part of that amendments to the soil is that they meet somebody that is genuinely curious mm. and interested in their life, mm-hmm. not as an object, but as a real human being to be loved. Yes. And so um, I don't know if you've, familiar with Al Dayhoff, and mm. I think it's Evangelized Today, but uh, wrote a book, and he's been doing a ministry of evangelism just by asking people when he sees them with a tattoo, tell me what that means. Mm. Here's what he said. He said, what I found out is the image of God is so desperate to talk mm. and be listened to that it is writing on its wrapper in permanent ink. Mm. Mm. Tattoos are spring-loaded. You touch them, they talk. Hmm. So he's looking for something to connect to their soul, their story. Yeah. And a lot of times we seem more interested in a presentation yeah. versus a genuine loving conversation. Well, I think all the time about the guys in, you know, if you go into like a Target and you end up back in the technology section and they've got the guy who's kind of there <laughs> To sell you, to sign you up for a new AT and T subscription, and you know what he's doing. Like you, yeah. you walk back there, and you're trying to like lean away from him because yes. you know he's about to catch you. Yeah. And he's like, "Hey, man, I love your shoes," and you like tense up because you know <laughs> this dude does not care about my shoes. He is trying to get me into a conversation so, so he can sell me something. And as Christians, we want to avoid being the type of people who are engaging with people in a bait and switch way that they can sense because they can. They can yeah. tell when we're trying to sell them something, and when we are genuinely passionate about them, curious about them, and want to engage them in their souls, we, yeah. want, to, we want to see them know Jesus. They can sense when we care and when we don't. And, and in a world of social media, where people are dying to be known, but not really and presenting a, a false self, mm-hmm. that's, it, it, there's a growing hunger even more to truly be known mm. by another human being, mm. and then to be loved. Mm-hmm. To be known and loved hmm. is a rare experience, but that's something Christians can deliver yeah. to our neighbors. Absolutely. Well, it's a good conversation. We mentioned some resources, The Art of Neighboring, mm-hmm. uh, Al Dayhouse's work, 
um, some others, and we'll put those in the notes for the podcast for you to look into those and read those. And we're going to be talking at LMPC a little bit more coming up in the next year about yep. renewing our witness, our evangelism, our neighboring. And uh, yep. so this is hopefully a start to that conversation. Absolutely. Well, we thank you for joining us for this episode of Pillar and Ground, our questions, and we look forward to you joining us again in a future episode.